everybody. Welcome to our podcast. Daja how everyone. I want to check in with you. We haven't checked in with each other for a long time. What's to say? My belly's big now. I'll yes. try and put a picture in. I'm going to start adding pictures and, and gifts and memes and things into these videos for people who watch it on YouTube. So if you're someone who watches it on our Spotify or Apple Play, then please try and find us on YouTube. Um, I'm going to or try even and on our some... Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Try and edit some more fun videos. So I'll put a picture up. How many weeks here. are you now? Oh. Um, I'm 27, nearly 20. I'm 28 on Sunday. <gasps> You're in your third trimester already. I'm in my third trimester and he's moving a lot and I love it. I love it. I love it. I've heard so many people complain about their babies moving and I love it. Every time I feel him move, I'm like, he's okay. Yeah. Like he's still okay. It just gives he's you such there. comfort, eh? Yeah, I love it. I love that feeling. So feeling really a bit overwhelmed being pregnant and working at the same time. Mm. It's not easy, but enjoying life and enjoying being pregnant somewhat dying for a glass of wine. But <gasps> I know you were talking dinner. about that. <laughs> yeah, I keep dreaming about drinking. And I'm at a party or an event with a friend and then I have a drink because I'm like, I can drink now. And then I remember I'm pregnant. I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> and then I freak out and I keep having that same dream. So I'm really excited to have a nice glass of red wine once this is all over. How yes. about you? Um, just talking about dreams, I dreamt last night that I was eating like, you know, like junk food and like really yeah. full. And I woke up this morning feeling really full, but I didn't eat any bad stuff last night i've been trying to be really good i have a wedding in south africa yes. in january so i'm trying to i'm not trying to like lose a lot of weight i'm just trying to be at a nice weight for my goals body goals mm -hmm. in a healthy way no bad feel way. comfortable so, yes yeah so i've been eating really healthy really good and i had i'm gonna have one day a week where i can have like whatever i want without feeling guilty so yes, yeah. that's something that I'm going towards. My weeks have been really, you know what it's like. We work together. It's terrible. Um, it's just <laughs> overwhelming, stressed. Yeah. Then yeah. put the parenting in the mix. And yeah, I feel really overwhelmed at the moment. But it's a long weekend here in Taiwan, guys, the Moon Festival. So yes. We're all relaxing now. Yeah, it's really nice. And um, we're going to quickly mention something about our previous episode. But yes. going back into life being stressful is something that we're going to talk about today. And I'll introduce that topic in a second. So first, last week, we were discussing with the wonderful Angela Chang um, what a doula is and how a yes. doula can help you. The previous week to that, we were talking about um, weight gain with yes. Nadia yes. and gastational diabetes. And um, we had someone, uh, OBGYN, call in, right? Yeah. And um, well, message in about some of the comments that we'd made and gave us some really interesting facts, which I believe you have, right? She says that she listens. So she said, hey, I am an OBGYN in Taiwan. I've been listening to your podcast and feeling like I have to point out. And then in brackets, she says, correct a few points. Gestational diabetes. We use the same standards of 75 grams OGTT as all Western countries do. Nadia asked about obesity or underweight affecting pregnancy. The answer is both would affect pregnancy, but obesity causes way more complications than underweight. 
Mm. Okay, number three, the research that Kat has done so far is mostly correct regarding how much weight you can put on during pregnancy um, and your BMI. So I think it's so lovely for her to send this in and it's so nice to, you know, get some feedback because as we always say for our podcasts, we are not professionals. We are just- We are not telling, doctors. Yes, we're not doctors. Mm-hmm. We're just saying what we have experienced in yeah. Taiwan. And this is why I we want to bring it up just because we want to make sure that you know that this is from our point of view. And I think also- when we talk about obesity and um underweight, I I was actually talking about, I think in the previous podcast about babies being born babies. underwater, underweight, yes. not underwater, underweight. Women so, not eating enough yes. because they feel that if they give birth to a baby that is smaller, then it will be easier. Yes, and so like this we is said, what that woman meaning. in Japan, yeah. right? It was the same. We'd taken the article from that woman yeah. in Japan, and that seems to be a thing over there that women are trying to say as small as they can while pregnant, and most of it being because that they want to deliver a smaller baby because they think yes. it's going to be easier for them. So deliver. I'm not saying that obesity and being thinner is good or bad like I as I say I was not the best example Example. I gained a lot of weight (laughs) and I did not have gestational diabetes but um, what I was talking about is that when doctors tell you um, it felt like they were saying to keep your baby small and not keep you small like maybe I maybe I am a skinny person but my baby is of normal weight then it's fine but Mm. as soon as Mm. they're always like oh your baby's big measuring bigger you know you need to watch out because you want to keep your baby smaller so it's easier I understand that but also I researched about this and found out something quite interesting, actually. It doesn't just affect the baby after they're born. It can actually affect the baby's development, which will affect them later on in life. So, you know, what, a couple of hours of pain for the mother or a lifetime condition for your child. You know, these but it's are not every that... child. So, you know, no. we're not saying like, oh, your baby's born small. You're going to have these problems. I'm just saying no. like, no, because as a new mom, you take everything your doctor says and you make it magnified. So you tend to like take it to heart because you don't want to do something that's going to hurt your baby. Right. So when a doctor says to you to to, you know, um, keep your baby small, you some people might take it to the extreme because for them, they're like, my doctor said it was fine. And some people might not. So. I did ask her to give us some facts about the gestational diabetes. So here are Mm -hmm. the facts. She says that in Taiwan, we also test pregnant women for gestational diabetes at 25 to 28 weeks. Most cases, Mm -hmm. if diagnosed with GDM, can be controlled with diet modifications and blood sugar monitoring. Severe cases would require medication or insulin. And some of these women might be having undiagnosed pre gestational diabetes although one of the risk factors is obesity i've seen several normal women weighing normal weight with this condition normally we as obgyns in taiwan would not tell them not to eat or control their weight what we would do is educate them what to eat and what to avoid simply sugar things such as cake dessert chocolates candy sugary drinks Fruits Mm -hmm. that are too sweet should be avoided or lowered in the amount they consume. Instead, they can choose food that is whole grain, muesli, unsweetened. Okay, so basically, so please do understand that I'm not trying to convince you that you should always follow the doctor's advice because some OBGYNs 
elder in brackets can be wrong and they barely update their knowledge or change their beliefs. Real world medical fields, young doctors encounter conflicts between what we learn nowadays and what they did learn back in the day. That's really interesting because that is what Angela was saying to us as well. And what we spoke about on the last episode was older doctors teaching younger doctors but not adapting their knowledge or updating their knowledge. Yeah, exactly. So that's, I'm glad that she understands that and notices that. We are so yes. happy that you wrote to us. Thank um, you so much. It's good to get clarifying that because, you know, we don't know. We're just casually having a conversation about our own experience. Yeah. So we're not wrong. We're not right. It's just what we've experienced. Yeah. Which, okay, so we're going to go on to today's episode and it's not really baby related at all. We're going to flip the switch a little bit here and hopefully um, reach a new audience, but open a discussion because I was saying to Cheryl that, oh God, when was it? Probably about two years ago, maybe two, two and a half years ago, I started therapy for my health anxiety. And I hate to throw the word anxiety around because so many people claim anxiety, do have anxiety. And if you really do have an anxiety disorder, it's really not nice. Now, mine isn't um, an anxiety disorder about anything. It is just about health. And it's through things that I've seen in my past. So I went to see a therapist about it and he made a comment to me. He said, most of his clients are late 20s to early 30s, mostly in their early 30s, from 30 to around 34. And I was like, oh, really? He went, yes, that is when most people come and seek therapy. Um, I'm not sure what the numbers are on that, but it's a quarter life crisis. Today, we want to discuss that and hopefully open some conversations. And if you are a listener at home and you can message us and tell us about your experiences, we can read out on the podcast next episode. That will be great. But we're both. I mean, how old are you, Cheryl? I am 32. You're 32. Yes. I'm 1990. I'm 33. We're going through that right now. Yeah. So I thought it was the best thing for us to discuss because we're actually experiencing that right now. We're both going through some similar struggles and the things that they say what a midlife crisis is, is what we're going through right now. So I'm just going to quickly read to you. Um, I found this article from Bradley University and it Mm. just quickly defines what a quarter life crisis is. So often the 20s and early 30s are thought to be the best time of a person's life which Mm. people always say, right? Individuals in this age range are genuinely in good health, have minimal responsibilities and are able to explore opportunities and take chances in both their professional and private lives. However, it is becoming increasingly clear that young adults are not free of the stresses that come later in life. In fact, many people in this stage of their life experience periods of uncertainty and anxiety during which they question their goals plans and even relationships professionals have named this occurrence the quarter life crisis and I do think we all we all do that we all around this age now in your early 30s I think everyone can say they have some sort of redefining uh, moment where they look for they look deeply into Mm self-reflection 
how how yeah. would you say like your experience of, of being in your 30s now um I feel like I'm going through a lot of that because there's a lot of changes right um but we we choose to make these changes right yes but also it's like at work I decided I was fine in my old role and then this year I was like okay let me just take on a new role and it's overwhelming it's new and then you don't know like what you're doing with your life like I do think about like oh do I want to be here forever no I don't and then I feel like I don't have control in my marriage relationship mm-hmm. in my child relationship and so your work relationship my also. work relationship too like everything just seems up in the air and the only thing I have control, as you can see, my hair looks great now, but, you know, <laughs> I have a not. thing. It did not. It did I not have before. A thing I'm where... also going to do a before and after of Cheryl's hair. <laughs> so you can see what happened. And she was like, I'm going through a crisis. I'm going through a midlife crisis, a quarter life crisis, guys. Yeah. Um, I just feel like I don't have control over anything in my life at the moment that I mm-hmm. felt like, okay, I need to do something different. And I always do this. I either chop my hair really short or I diet and so I went to the hairdresser I said I want more streaks in she took it as I want my whole head to be one side or one part just a huge streak of blonde so that's what happened and it looked terrible and it when I went to work I was at work the whole day like that and you could tell probably this person's going through a nervous breakdown because I looked like a mess I looked like I was trying to be a teenager again um, yeah but yeah and you why do you think you're going through a crisis as well I think at 30 you just think you should have your life sorted out right and I just feel like I think I don't like so here it says Forbes you know the magazine Forbes uh, a quarter life crisis is defined as a period of intense soul searching and stress and that's exactly what it is it's it's one that we've everyone is doing right now is comparing yourself to others especially Mm -hmm. with social media, with the age that we're in. And we're thinking like, okay, I'm now in my early 30s. Where should I be in life? Should I have a mortgage? Should I be married? Should I have kids? Should I be on the right career path? Like, what is my career path? And I think everyone starts to really self-reflect at this point in their life and start to think, I'm not where I want to be. Like, no. Okay, look, I'm pregnant. I'm very blessed to be pregnant. I feel very blessed to be pregnant that I'm fortunate enough to carry a child. I didn't think I would be able to after my ectopic pregnancy. I earn good money. My husband earns good money. We own a property. Mm. I'm doing what society says is pretty good, but yet I'm not happy. Mm. And why am I not happy? That's the question. And if yeah. we all knew that, then maybe we wouldn't be going through this in- intense soul searching. Yeah. I just you know? think also it sounds like a perfect life, right? When you I- explain it like that. And I just mm. want my listeners to know, like, we're not complaining. It's just something that no. everyone's goals and everyone's life purpose is different to someone else's, right? So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For me, I think it's also because I, uh, once you have a child, I had my, my daughter at 29, 28. I was pregnant at 28. And so, like, I think after becoming a mom, I kind of lost myself and I, like, don't yeah. look like myself as I was before. Like, now I feel like I really gained my confidence back, but I lost a lot of confidence when I had my daughter. I didn't know who I was. And then I started working. I still don't know who I am. I still feel like I have a lot of anxiety when I meet old friends 
when people don't understand where I'm coming from when I explain like I don't have time for this but I have time for this like I don't have time to go to the gym but I do have time to spend time with my child um but not saying that they don't spend time when they go to the gym I just don't have time for that um yeah but yeah I don't know I feel like yes we have all these things that tick the box like when you were naming it I was like in my head I was like yeah 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 we both have jobs we both I just wonder why I feel so trapped like I feel trapped in my job do you think because we make such we make such important decisions in our 20s that maybe we're not ready to make and then when we hit our 30s we think well actually do I want to have a mortgage yeah do I want to be tied down is this actually a good investment is this the person I should have married? Yeah. Like, especially after you have kids, right? It changes mm. your relationship, your dynamics. So you you really start to question, like, have I made the right choice with the person I'm with, with the job I've chose, with the house I'm living in? Yeah. You know, and again, and the environment, like I just question all the yes. time why I'm in Taiwan. Yeah. Because, you know, yes. it's not something I I want my child to grow up in because I grew up in South Africa. Everything is open children can be barefoot children can be expressive and not saying that Taiwanese are not I just feel like they're very if you are different it's something bad and not Mm. good they don't they don't like it like the other day someone at work said oh how's Kira doing at school and I'm like she's doing really great oh but my child said that she still puts things in her mouth I was like is that a negative thing (laughs) Yeah, she's three. Yeah. I don't know why your does your child not put things in his mouth. You know, so for me, I just feel like, wow, I I get judged even with a small thing. There's something negative still brought up. It's it's never. But like... then we had this discussion, and then uh, the other day over dinner, and these things are irritating you in Taiwan, but you're just swapping irritations from one country to another country. Yeah. What's going to irritate you if you were to go to South Africa? So that's There's going the to be different I can't, irritations. I think the irritations you've won't never be... been a mother in South Africa, and that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried, like, am I do am I seeing South Africa through tinted rose glasses? You know, like, is the grass really greener on the other side, or am so, I just not yes. remembering it as exactly it's supposed and, to be? And this is one point that they say. Um, is to shows shows that you're going through a, a quarter life crisis. But honestly, I think this is just everyone in life. Difficulty making decisions. And it says here, difficulty making decisions and not knowing what you want is common for those experience a quarter, experiencing a quarter life crisis. It feels as if the possibilities are endless and you begin to get caught it up in wanting to know every single little detail. You are filled with a fear of failure or missing out on other opportunities. Yeah. So I can, for me, I don't want to move back to England because I know what England is. I know Mm -hmm. what the education system is. I know what it's like to live there. And I know how everyone is going through a really difficult time in England right now. It's not easy. Yeah. Crisis. It's, it's, there's a, you know, it's, it's really tough living in England. Um, So for me, I know I am better off in Taiwan, but if I was to write a list of the positives of being in England and the positives of Taiwan, I still think Taiwan would outweigh. But those yeah. things that you still say are still things that I don't want for my child either. But I know 
unless you really know what you want and you sort yourself out, I think just moving around to different countries is just taking your problems with you. Very different to what I thought Taiwan would be. Like, I didn't think I would have such issues making mom Mm. friends, making any type of friend in general until I moved here. Like, I feel like it's really hard to make Taiwanese friends. And then at the same time, when I um, make mom friends, it's like I have only like a few good ones because the other parents will think you're too relaxed or they see the way I look and they already judge me before they even get to know me. And I... Right. I just find it really interesting. As you tell me everything that you're feeling, I'm looking at the article that I wanted to reference back to and you're going step by step of what they say you have if you are going through a midlife crisis. So you've literally just moved on to this topic and the next one is feelings of isolation and loneliness. And I really feel alone. Like really, I I, I have you. I I love that I met you. I'm very grateful. And I'm very grateful for all my friends that I have. But I really feel alone. I've told my mom this, Mm -hmm. like there's some days, even if I don't have friends in South Africa, I feel like I'll be close to family. Sorry. I know what you mean. No, 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 no. I know what you mean. I'll give you a break for a second. Because I feel the same. Like I've got you and I've got probably like a handful of really close friends here. And that is it. I don't have a lot of friends. I've never been someone who keeps a big group of friends, just a small good quality group of friends you know and I'm not by my family either and I'm about to have a baby yeah so that I also have that feeling of like loneliness and but then what I do feel happy about is I constantly get messages and I'm constantly uh, get phone calls and I'm so busy with work that it's hard for me to feel as lonely but I do worry that when I'm become like a stay-at-home month mum for a couple of months I'm not going to be busy anymore and then I'm really going to see that void in my life like more than I would have if I was in England I'm just going to touch on what it says here for feelings of isolation and loneliness so during a quarter-life crisis negative self-talk can fester convincing you to withdraw and isolate yourself from others negative self-talk can convince you that no one wants to be around you nobody likes you etc Additionally, you can find yourself becoming more irritable around others and your patience might wear thin. That is me, 100%. As a result, you push others away or withdraw, which leaves you with increased feelings of isolation and loneliness. Yeah. So I think I wonder how other people feel about that that haven't moved to different countries. Yeah. Would we still be feeling this if we lived in our home country? Yes, you would. It's it's it's. You're going to feel isolation no matter what. I have, yeah. like, when you talk about your pregnancy and you're alone, I feel like I felt that, but not as bad as I feel it now. Like, I felt alone, and we were during COVID. Uh, my mom couldn't come. No one could come. I just feel like um, I was alone, but I didn't feel, I felt like, okay, I can do it. It's like, uh, you know, it's fine. We talk every day. I didn't think that much into it I didn't feel so alone and now it can also be because you know my marriage my husband was in a really bad accident and before Mm. that I was feeling like I was a single parent not that he doesn't help me it's just when you are the default parent automatically you're going to do everything no matter what 
And then after his accident, I really felt like the whole world's problems were on my shoulders. And if I don't, can't get it done, my whole family's going to fall apart. And then yeah, if he died, God forbid, because he did almost die. It was a very serious accident. Like when people talk to me about it, I still feel I get emotional. Like, as you can tell, I cry instantly because I feel like I have a lot of things bottled up and I never used to cry so easily it's just recently I'm more sensitive because I'm feeling all these emotions inside and um, I just feel like a lot of resentment because my husband was in an accident not his fault but it's just I feel like it always ends up I have to make the solution for the family and if it doesn't go well it's my fault because it's I am the one who has to make all of the decisions because he was, you know, in hospital in ICU for such a long time. And ever since then, I've just been feeling this overwhelming anxiety that I'm not doing my family justice and that I'm not happy. And I don't know what's making me unhappy. And this is why it's a crisis because we don't know exactly what we need to do to make it better. And um, I think feeling directionless and feeling yeah. like you have no plan is another is another characteristic of saying that you're you're going through that midlife crisis. Yeah. Um. And 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 you're trying to find ways to to have a plan, and then you're also dealing with the um, not being able to make a decision because you because you're worried about which decision to make and then, so that, people... then it's going to affect everyone in my family or you know my future yeah. or my daughter's future or my husband's future so and I think a lot of people can relate to feeling a bit depressed so another it says here like depression anxiety and feelings of angst so during a quarter life crisis your whole world can feel as if it has become dull lifeless and just overall unpleasurable symptoms of depression can include feeling hopeless and lacking motivation or interest in things you once enjoyed anxiety will have you overthinking and worrying about your life's timeline plan and if you're doing it right or doing enough lastly feelings angst or even jealousy might have you feeling frustrated and overcritical of where you are in this season of your life yeah and i think that it's so true jealous and we all listen to other people and one thing that we all need to stop doing is thinking that other people are doing better than us yeah like i see what's your better I know. And I, it's like this girl from school that I know, she had a baby a long time ago, like her child is probably mm. five and she's got a banging body now, but she worked, that's her job. <laughs> yeah. It's her job to have a banging body. And it's just like when she posts, like I have her on Instagram and I've had to like ignore her posts because she's always like, if I can do it, so can you, it's lazy. And it just like, even that, that makes me, I have jealousy because she has like the body that I kind of want, but I know that I don't work hard enough to have that body. What I'm saying is like, it just irritates me that she has said that and and I shouldn't be irritated. It's just her post. But for me, I'm just like, I can't see that right now. It's triggering mm-hmm. towards me. But and I think that's why social media is difficult for people Yeah, because it will exasperate the feeling that everyone is doing better than you um and when when they're posting their best life they're not posting their realistic life we all know that here it says social media will exasperate the feeling that everyone is doing better than you because on the outside it looks like everyone has it all figured out however 
they have their own feelings of self-doubt insecurity and uncertainty that are over uh, that are overcoming try to limit the urge or habit of comparing yourself to others and focus on your own progress not many people share their messy day-to-day situation until they can show impressive progress yeah and so like you've seen it at work I haven't done this in so long but uh, you mentioned mentioned it at work yesterday it was teacher's day everyone's getting gifts and I was getting so jealous of everybody and yeah. like and like that's something that I usually wouldn't even give it like last year I didn't even care I didn't get anything last year but for some reason this year I'm like I really need someone to tell me I'm good at my job as well like I can't be sh- shit at a parent and a partner and now I'm being told that I'm shit at being a teacher like it's something that I need needed that one person to give me something to make me feel like okay at least my life is good in this aspect and and yeah. I, and and like and i told this to my husband last night when i got home i was like you know what i usually don't care i usually am someone who's like not haven't done this since high school and now i feel like the whole day today i was just like and you know like didn't get anything till lunchtime from that little girl and was so sweet it made my day and then until the end of the day they like happy teacher's day and that made me feel so special but before that I really felt like oh my gosh why am I not appreciated yes and I was like oh my god the new girl behind me the new teacher got a such a nice chocolate thing I don't want chocolate what I mean is like oh my word I really am a shit person like oh my and I really think it's I think it's because you're going through like me and most people in their early 30s this midlife crisis and I hate to put everyone in the bracket maybe you're not fully going through it but some of the points that we've picked up on today you're going to have gone through some of that or feel some of that and people always say to us oh but you're so young you're only in your early 30s you've got so much time ahead you don't need to worry it's like that is not how the world works yeah we do need to worry we need to set ourselves up we need to make sure we're stable we're just not sure not necessarily how to do it but which is the right way that we want to do it yeah you know and stop comparing ourselves I'm sure I was like upset when I was younger but I've never had this feeling like this before where I feel like oh my goodness am I making the right like I told you I can't make a decision like you you, I've said this many times like should I do this should I do that like I can't because I feel like what if I make the wrong decision and my family suffers or whatever like you said and so I just think it's it's, yeah it's crazy um I feel the same way I'm like oh should should I should I leave my job should I stay in my job yeah should I go back to my job should I move to our apartment or should I still keep renting this apartment and then when you come to me and you're like eventually we're going to move back to South Africa because we think it will be better for Kira when she's older whatever and then I'm like oh my god is it going to be better for me should I move back to England and then I start questioning things because people around you are questioning things I have a friend in England who's going through a divorce because she's not happy and then I start comparing my husband to her husband and thinking does my husband do that does he is he like that oh my god like things like that you know um again comparing when you told you me about your friend i was i was like oh my goodness that sounds just You're like, like all the reasons she wants a divorce are the things that i have an issue with right yes. now yes. yeah um and it does say here um another one is difficulty in relationships and inability to commit so when you're experiencing a quarter life crisis thinking about everything long term feels overwhelming and paralyzing 
The inability to commit comes from not knowing where life plans to take you next, making anything in the distant future feel incomprehensible. Difficulty in relationships may also be a sign that you are outgrowing those relationships and are no longer mutually beneficial as they may once have been. Yeah. You know, and that's not just your partners that you're with. It's also friendships. I have so many friends like that. I thought we would carry on being friends after having Mm -hmm. my child and that's just life we grow out of friendships we grow out of relationships and that's okay and my friendships also I I'm not friends with half of the people I was a couple of years ago because certain decisions were made that I didn't really agree with and um, choices and expectations of what a friend should be but also what they do for fun and yeah. what I do you for like, fun now are just so different. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's not as interesting for me anymore. So I outgrew those friendships and I had to realize I cut cut them off, but not so like dramatically, just, you know, start dis- dis- distancing yourself and meeting new people, right? Yeah, um, so I wanted to ask you, so is there things that you feel like you've done to help yourself? Because I know you suffer from a lot of like health anxiety, anxiety. but also not just health anxiety, because I know you've also been thinking like, you know, big life changes. Is there something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, One of the things was feeling trapped in my career. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can uh, relate to that and not feeling free. And I asked myself the question, like, what is it that I want from life and what makes me happy? And most people will turn around to you and say, oh, just being able to do what I want when I want. But that's not that specific. So I watched the podcast uh, Diary of a CEO. It's one of the top running podcasts in the UK. And they had a financial specialist on there. And it, it really actually helped. A lot of his episodes have helped me, actually, if I'm honest. And I really did sit there and think, what is my what is my wealthy life like what do I want from life and I didn't want to think about what other people want I didn't want to think about what other people what I want people to perceive me perceive what I have it was like what do I want a nice car no not interested a property not interested but I've got one so we'll keep paying the mortgage it makes sense financially that way um to travel yes to travel in style, yes. yes. I like nice hotels. I like nice airplanes, things like that. Um, to be able to go home and visit my family whenever I want, yes. yes. So what does that mean for me? That means the current job that I'm in won't work for me long-term because the hours that I have to do and the holidays that I have to take they don't fall in line with that. So, okay, so I would eventually have to change my job. Yes. I will have to work for myself. Yeah. I will have to work either for a company that allows me that freedom or I will have to work for myself, which is something I can do here. So I sat down and I just went through what, what am I happy with? And I am really fortunate. I'm very happy in my marriage. I do have a really supportive husband who is there for me and will do anything for me and and the baby. And I know he's going to be a good support system, but I'm also realistic. Things might change once we have a child, but, but for now, I believe step by step. Yeah. Yeah. And for now, I know what he's like and the type of man that he is. And I chose someone to have a child with that I knew, even if we weren't in love, will this man be a good dad? Yeah. And I knew he would. Yeah. We're still in love now, but if in the future yeah, 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 we're yeah, not, yeah. 
I know he'll still be a good dad. So I just sat down and I thought, I think people need to sit down and think, what is your definition of a good life? Because no one else has the same. Some people like cars, some people like properties, some people like nice jewelry, some people like nice clothes. If that is what makes you happy, do that. But it yeah. can't be everything. And those things don't make me happy. So I had to really sit down and think what makes me happy and don't compare to anyone else around me. Oh, yes. And this is something that I actually thought about when like eventually when we go back to South Africa, I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be able to have Christmas and all the holidays. Yeah. I don't have to make up. OK, here in Taiwan, if we have a long weekend, let's say the public holiday is on a Tuesday. So they'll give us the Monday, but you have to make it up on a Saturday. So we have to work one Saturday that month to make up for that Monday. So it'll be a Monday mm. schedule. But overseas, where I'm from, if you have the Saturday, if you have the Monday, Tuesday off, and Monday is not a public holiday, they'll give it to you. You don't have to make it up. You don't need to work overtime. So you know, I there is perks that I'm like, okay, at least this will be good for us. If we want to go visit Alex's family, we don't have to wait. We, we don't have to see like how our schedules will match. We will have similar schedules and holiday yeah. schedules. So that is something that's keeping me a little bit happier to think about. Yes. Yeah. And that was the same for me. Like Christmas is so important to me and my family. We're big Christmas people. So for me, if I want to go home for a month during Christmas, I can go home for a month. Yeah. I don't want to live in England. I don't want to be there constantly. Yeah. I want to be able to go there whenever I can. Yeah. So for me, oh, I'm going to take a month. Sorry, work or working for myself. Off we go. Go to England work for a month from and there. not have to worry. Yeah. You know, work from there or not work for a month. Yeah. It's fine. Like I can prepare for that. Yeah. So I really think if you are someone at home, don't... <laughs> Do you know what? I think, was it uh, Jordan, uh, Jordan Peterson? And I do, I'm a big fan of his. I know he's a controversial character, but he said, um, there's nothing more scary. It may seem scary leaving a job or a situation that you're used to, but it's far more scary staying in it, you it's know? True. So I think everyone needs to think about that. Like, is your job making you happy? Because if it's not, Put a plan in order to leave. Don't just leave. Put a plan in order first. Think about what you can do to leave and yes. then gradually Make do it and then leave and do something for yourself. If your marriage, if you're not happy in your marriage, talk it out, try and sort it out. If you can't leave, leave. don't stay in something that you're not happy in because in 10, 20 years time, you're going to regret that. Yeah. And we're talking and it, about the mid, the, uh, quarter life crisis right yeah. you've still got time and like I said to you earlier my friend who's going through a divorce I'm so proud of her and so happy of her because so happy for her because she hasn't been happy for so long and now she's making these decisions and she's 33 she's still got time you know she's putting a plan into place to make her life better for her yeah and she deserves that yes um, and so does her husband he deserves yes. a better life also yeah um, so I do think I think those are all very good pointers. Like talking about it just makes me feel more like <sighs> una not unavailable. What is it? It seems like I can actually unobtainable. Yes, un unobtainable. Yeah. It seems like okay, okay, I can do it. When we break it down like that, it's like okay, break it down into what is important for you. And if you are someone at home listening to this, I really hope if you are feeling, oh, my life's not great, and I don't know what I want to do, and everyone else seems to have their shit together. No one's got their shit together. 
okay especially on social media yeah. no one has their shit together I like just... even if they've got some of the things that does make them happy they're still working towards other things that are gonna, can make them happy and bettering their life like no one has it together yeah so um i just think yeah identifying your triggers and what you want is is important yeah. to get through this this awkward stage that we seem to be going through in our early 30s y- yes um and i think i commented this on one of our very first podcasts um they say that um it kind of has nothing to do with it, but it, you'll be able to relate to it. Yeah. They say that being in your 30s without children is like being in your 20s, but with money. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so true. So, yeah. So, you like, know, I would if be you so are rich. <laughs> yeah. If you are in your 30s and you do have children and you do have less money and you are struggling, struggling a little bit, just think it, it, the sacrifice is worth it. Do what makes you happy and make the right choices because we're here once. Right. And it's not all so serious. OK. All right, I think we'll leave it there this week. OK. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.